Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Alexa. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Yes, I'm getting on because my team, the 49ers, as you can see, I'm wearing the sweatshirt. They won. They're going to the Super Bowl. I mean, this is when I normally do my show for Monday show on WQEE. You can catch a listen Mondays through Fridays on WQEE 99.1 FM. The Key. We have got a jam-packed show. I am not going to have a guest today. Tomorrow's show, I plan on having Rod Peterson. Uh, I plan on having WRBL's Jack Patterson on in the weeks. Thrip Berenger and I are going to do the George Alabama Sports Live show on Wednesday, uh, Monday and Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. A lot to get into. We had conference championships. I'm Actually, I'm going to start with the Kansas City Chiefs because I believe that the Baltimore Ravens lost this championship. They lose 17 to 10, and the Ravens had a couple of shots of getting it into the end zone. Lamar just threw an interception. I was just scratching my head, like, what are you doing? And like Rudy Tomjanovich said, the great Houston Rockets coach in the 1995 NBA Finals when the Houston Rockets swept the Orlando Magic, never underestimate the heart of a champion. The Kansas City Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl four times in five years. Are you kidding me? If you're chief fatigued like I am, I'm I'm just tired of the Chiefs. But as a San Francisco 49ers fan, this is the matchup I want because I was watching the game 4 years ago, Super Bowl 55, the 49ers had the ball up 20 to 10. And they lost that Super Bowl. I actually rewatched that Super Bowl today. I mean, the Chiefs don't have Tyreek Hill. They don't have Sammy Watkins, and the 49ers don't have a a unreliable corner like Richard Sherman who got burned by Sammy Watkins in that Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl 58, the Chiefs and the 49ers once again. Remember, four years ago in Super Bowl 55 in Miami, this is the reason why I have a podcast. I was brought on to somebody's podcast to talk about the Super Bowl as a lifelong San Francisco 49ers fan. I also was on a radio station where I talked about the Super Bowl and I expect the next Two weeks of episodes are going to be about the Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, I don't know what the line is going to be, but let's go ahead and dive into the game that I thought was over after halftime. Uh, the Detroit Lions were leading 24-7. And like a realistic 49er fan that hasn't really seen Kyle Shanahan come back from a big lead, I mean, last week was not a big lead. They were only down by seven. I didn't think Brock Purdy can do it. I was actually riding the 49ers off, and I said to myself, you know, the Detroit Lions going to the Super Bowl is actually a nice story. 
Look, Detroit Lions fans, I am sorry. I really was pulling for your team. I wanted to see the Lions go to the Super Bowl if they did beat the 49ers and win against the Chiefs. But you have a very aggressive head coach. And this is how the Lions got to this position. There's there's nothing to hang your head down for. Dan Campbell is known for being aggressive. I actually thought he'd go for it on fourth down at the end of the half when the 49ers were trailing 21 to 7. He could have just put it in and that could have been the nail in the coffin and the Lions could have been up at the half 28 to 7. I thought also that the 49ers were going to play the two possession game. They didn't get a chance to do that. Brock Purdy looked bad in that first half. They could not get the ground game going. The Lions dominated the 49ers in this first half and it was the run game with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. The 49ers couldn't stop them. They were getting 9 yards a carry. Amon St. Brown had a great first half, but there's something about playing at home and the momentum just shifts. This kind of reminded me of that Super Bowl when they were down big to the Baltimore Ravens 28-6, but this time they didn't need a blackout to have the comeback. So, okay, so how did the 49ers come back from 24-7 and win this Super Bowl 34-31? Well, they had the ball to start the second half, and I, I was watching this. I'm saying, please get a touchdown. Just cut it to 24-14. At this point, I just wanted to see good, positive signs from Brock Purdy. I wanted to see the 49ers do well. I did not think the 49ers could stop the Lions in the second half. I thought the Lions would just continue doing what they do. And the Lions were moving the ball in the 49ers, but you got to take the points. In that situation, you really have got to take the points. And the Lions went for it a couple times on fourth down. The 49ers capitalized. Okay, so it was 24 to 10. You take the field goal there, you go up 27 to 10. And it forces the 49ers to play a different game. When the 49ers were down 24 to 10, all I thought to myself was just get a touchdown. Just keep this close. What a catch by Brandon Ayuk. That might be the most incredible catch I have ever seen. And I I actually uh, compare that to Julian Edelman in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. Uh, Javon Kurse on the sideline against the Super Bowl. But this was just an incredible catch by Brandon Ayuk. I hope they pay him in the offseason because I think that he has just been a valuable member of the 49ers. Debo got going. And because Detroit controlled the time of possession in the first half, The 49ers running backs had fresh legs in the second half. And the 49ers did what they do best. I thought the turnover, the fumble by Jameer Gibbs, and the 49ers were back in business. All the momentum shifted to the 49ers. They got a big three and out. They take the lead. Now I'm thinking, okay, we got ourselves a game here. I still thought if the Lions ran their offense that they could try to get a score. But you're down 27-24. to You kick the field goal to tie it. You need points. And the 49ers, with a three-point lead, just ran the ball down the Lions' throats. And really, the biggest play of the game, it was a third down. Brock Purdy rolled to his right and picked up the third down. Picked up the first down. You know he had 51 rushing yards? Brock Purdy played the game of his life in that second half. He did not do good in that first half. But say it out loud with me, folks. Brock Purdy has led the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Now, in the last 12 years, I've witnessed Colin Kaepernick, 
for the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I've witnessed Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. Now Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. And this is the 49ers' eighth Super Bowl. They are tied with the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers for the second most all-time. You know, the Patriots have that one. They, they, they've been to 11 Super Bowls. And then the Chiefs, which are the dynasty, the team of the 2020s, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, you can never count them out. I've written the Chiefs off this year because they had a terrible regular season. They didn't have a number one receiver. But Travis Kelsey, that first half, 10 targets, 10 catches. Isaiah Pacheco, great running back from the backfield. I think I look back at that Super Bowl 55 when the Chiefs played the 49ers. The Chiefs are better. They have a better defense this time around than that team that faced the 49ers, the first Super Bowl win in the Andy Reid-Patrick Mahomes era. And I actually feel that this is going to be a very exciting game. Super Bowl 58, 49ers, Chiefs in Las Vegas. We've got two weeks to talk about it. I cannot wait. But just let's talk about just the tale of two halves. Because the Detroit Lions had a 915 chance percent chance to win this game and they could not capitalize and the narrative is going to be that the Detroit Lions lost this game yeah they they were too aggressive they could have got some points and maybe the 49ers don't come back but the 49ers I was very impressed with them just putting this game away when Christian McCaffrey got it all the way down to the one um and the 49ers got that 10 point lead I still was, you know, just a very nervous 49ers fan thinking that, okay, the Lions are just going to march down, get a touchdown. They're going to make the 49ers burn their timeouts, and they're going to get the ball back with a chance to either tie it with a field goal or a chance to take the lead. The biggest, second biggest play of this game was when David Montgomery is trying to run it in for the score on that second down, I think on the third down, forced the Lions to burn a timeout. The Lions do get it. Um, in the end zone but now they got to get an onside kick and boy were we holding our breath when that ball was loose and George Kittle falls under it and the San Francisco 49ers beat the Detroit Lions 34 to 31 it wasn't easy two heart attack games in the playoffs for the 49ers is really not how I like to spend my evening watching the 49ers and uh, you would not believe how many people have texted me or messaged me on Facebook that were really, you know, asking if I was okay. Um, saw some Lions fans on social media in that first half talking smack. Skip Bayless was talking smack about the, you know, because he hates the 49ers because he's a big Cowboys fan. I mean, you had some brutal sports talk radio hosts talking about how the Lions are beating down the 49ers. They are beating them merciful, mercifully in that first half. It was only 24-7, to and the 49ers were going to get the ball to start the second half. I knew the 49ers were going to make adjustments. I just didn't think that the San Francisco 49ers were going to stop the Detroit Lions completely in the second half. 27 unanswered points by the 49ers, and they win the NFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl where they will take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I really appreciate everybody watching me tonight here on the sports beat with Richard Holdridge it's it's been a very fun night so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and sign off for Facebook live don't forget you can catch a show 
on WQEE. The full hour is going to be on WQEE because there's a lot of sports to get into, including high school basketball, the NBA, everything that happened over the weekend. And we have got two weeks to preview the Super Bowl. I'll talk about my favorite Super Bowl moments, Super Bowl commercials, and uh, some exciting trailers that I actually watched with my kids. I'm talking about Kung Fu Panda 4 and Despicable Me, Despicable Me 4. <laughs> that was exciting. Uh, you know, we got some movie trailers coming out. And I love how they have the uh, the teasers for the Super Bowl commercials coming up in two weeks. And uh, definitely we're going to have a big Super Bowl party at my house. All right. Hope everybody has a great night. And uh, I'm signing off for Facebook Live. But uh, join me tomorrow on WQEE for the full hour right here. It's the Sports Beat Richard Holdridge. Have a great night, everybody. Yeah! Stick around. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bug, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control, 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan, 770-954-9941. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. With your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning. Right here with the best in sports and entertainment. All the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey. And everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Monday through Fridays. Right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high with Bishop Daniel Hardaway Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by George Alabama Sports Live. We've got two more weeks until the Super Bowl, and it's going to be in Las Vegas. I cannot wait. I'm going to have jam-packed shows for the next two weeks, but we did have a very busy weekend of sports. This was really the first Saturday where we didn't have football since August. Called the Carver-Columbus basketball games on George Alabama Sports Live. Thrip Berenger was over at the campus of Hardaway calling Hardaway Cairo. Saturday, we did not live stream any games on George Alabama Sports Live, but we did have a lot of basketball games spread throughout the day. And I had a very interesting Saturday. I went to some basketball games, just caught a quarter. 
The first place I went to was the campus of Jordan. It was the first time I actually went to a basketball game at Jordan High School. They were taking on their rival, the Spencer Green Wave. And from there, I went to Columbus State, where I saw the Lady Cougars for a half. As they get the win over Lander, giving Lander their first Peach Belt loss of the season. And then I went over to the campus of Kendrick, and I saw the Kendrick girls taking on Ace Charter. Unfortunately, Ace Charter came up with the win. I went up to Northside to see Northside Hardaway. Caught the last four minutes of the Hardaway boys getting the win over Northside. And then I saw the majority of the second half between the Shaw Lady Raiders and the Bainbridge Lady Bearcats. And let me tell you, that was an incredible finish. It went down to the wire. The Shaw boys actually beat Bainbridge 2 in double overtime. I was actually at the Civic Center, saw the River Dragons in action. They beat the Zydeco. Jay Krupp in his 300th professional game in the Federal Prospects Hockey League scores his 100th career goal. Congratulations to Krupp and the River Dragons for sweeping the series with the Zydeco. And the River Dragons are firing on all cylinders, winners of eight straight, as next week they will have another homestand where they will take on the Mississippi Seawolves. Saturday, February the 3rd is military night, and we all know that is always going to be packed. Last year it was a sellout. It was incredible as I was there for that game and Looking forward to seeing some more River Dragons games this season. Here's what's going on this week on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Threat Barringer and I will have our Georgia Alabama Sports Live show this Wednesday. Special guest Bobby Z. We had our show last night where we dropped our new rankings in basketball. And on Tuesday, I'm going to be back at my old stomping grounds as I will be live streaming Russell County and Central on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Glenwood is also going to be in a region tournament. That is going to be at Macon East. And then on Thursday, we have CVCC Hoops. Friday, big region game. Hardaway taking on Shaw. I'm going to be at the campus of Calvary Christian as they are taking on the defending GAPS champions, Creekside Christian Academy. And we even have basketball games, big region games on Saturday next week. But don't forget, Sunday... February the 4th, it is the first ever Baseball Media Days hosted by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. It's going to be at the Beck Center on the campus of St. Ann Pacelli. It will start at 2 o'clock as 16 teams in and around the Columbus area will be featured. The Columbus State Cougars fall to 9-8, 3-5 in the Peach Belt after losing to the top team in the Peach Belt Conference, Lander, 70-67. Jarrett Adderton led the way with 22 points, followed by Jelani James that had 20. Meanwhile, earlier in the day at the Lumpkin Center, the Lady Cougars, I was there for the first half. The Lady Cougars get the 62-60 win over Lander, and Lander has their first Peach Belt loss of the season. Coach Hauser's bunch is 9-7 overall, 5-3 in the Peach Belt. As Latia Reeves and Alana Rawls chipped in both with 17 points. 
Both the Cougars and Lady Cougars will be in Bluffton, South Carolina on Wednesday to take on Peach Belt foe South Carolina Beaufort. Some of the college basketball action local to this area. Let's start with the Georgia Bulldogs because I still believe that this is a tournament team despite the overtime loss to Florida 102-98. It was Mike White, the former Florida coach, facing his former team. And the Georgia Bulldogs pulled up a fight on the road at the Stephen O'Connell Center. The Georgia Bulldogs were led by R.J. Melendez's 35 points, but it just wasn't enough to get it done. And now the Georgia Bulldogs, who aren't even considered a bubble team, has to bounce back at Stegman Coliseum, where they're going to take on one of the hottest teams in the SEC, the Alabama Crimson Tide, next Wednesday. Both are 14-6, and six, but if you look at the standings in the SEC, Alabama is 6-1 and one after not only beating LSU over the weekend, they upset Auburn last week. And right now, the Alabama Crimson Tide are the best team in the SEC. And so when I look at the SEC right now, because Auburn has lost two games in the past week, they were ranked number eight, and I'm very curious to see what will happen to the Auburn Tigers. Um, obviously, they're going to drop out of the top 10, but they lose on the road to Mississippi State, 64-58. to So that is, in one week, Auburn loses to two unranked teams on the road. Well, they'll play Vanderbilt on Wednesday. That's going to be a good bounce-back game because I do believe that Auburn is the best team in the SEC, even better than Kentucky. I think when they play Kentucky on February the 17th, that is going to determine who is the best team in the SEC. Some people say it's Tennessee. But one thing's for sure is these are all tournament teams. I don't think the SEC has the best conference in college basketball. That belongs to the Big 12. You see what Houston and Kansas and Baylor are doing. It's absolutely incredible. Oklahoma's a top 10 team. The SEC, in my mind, are going to get eight teams into the dance. And here are the eight teams that are going to get into the tournament. Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Auburn, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Florida, and Georgia. Florida's considered a bubble team. Georgia is not. But because they're both 14-6, and six, they rattle off some more wins. You've got to beat the bottom tier of the SEC, like the Texas A&Ms, the LSUs, the Arkansas that struggled this year. You pile up wins and you get into the SEC tournament and you get all the way to at least the championship. You get into that 18-19-20 win plateau, then you should be getting into the NCAA tournament. You got to hope that nobody's bubble is bursted. You got to root for all the top teams in the other conferences to just win out. That's really the only way that you could hope to get into the NCAA tournament. And if you don't make it, Georgia could be a number one seed in the NIT. There's no shame in hating an NIT banner. Like I've always done on this podcast, I've been a strong advocate of trying to get as many teams from the state of Georgia into the NCAA tournament because there's a lot of talent in this state and Georgia is a very underrated basketball state. Well, Georgia Tech's really not doing them any favors. 
They lose another ACC game, this time on the road to Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, 91-67. to And if you look at the standings right now in the ACC, Georgia Tech has a 2-7 and record. See, I knew this was going to happen. They have a good non-conference record. They get into ACC play, and usually they're mediocre. They're bad. They're bad in the ACC. The only team that's worse than Georgia Tech is Louisville, and Louisville is going to be bad for years to come because of all the scandals with Rick Pitino and getting their title stripped from 2013. Now, on the ACC side, I think that there's going to be about nine teams that get into the NCAA tournament, and those teams are obviously Duke and North Carolina. They will battle out. This is one of the greatest rivalries in sports. This Saturday, they will play in Chapel Hill, and they will also play at Cameron Indoor Stadium on March the 9th. Those are the games that are must-see games, If you are a college basketball fan, if you're just a sports fan, you got to turn into those games. Now, North Carolina, they play Georgia Tech on Tuesday. That's going to be a big night of basketball in Atlanta. You know, because you got the Lakers playing the Hawks, you got North Carolina playing Georgia Tech. So, right now, North Carolina is a number one seed. Duke, right now, would probably be a number two seed. I'll have my bracketology show tomorrow where I will include. The projected number four seed. See, every week I add another seed until we get to Selection Sunday. The other teams that are going to make the NCAA tournament are Virginia, Florida State, Wake Forest, Syracuse, Miami, and NC State. Yes, a lot of those teams are bubble teams, but I do believe that the ACC should have at least seven to nine teams make it to the NCAA tournament. Like every Saturday, remember this was the first Saturday that we didn't have football, So if you were a sports fan, you'd be in front of the couch and you'd be watching great, I'm talking fantastic college basketball games. Uh, I wasn't. I was score watching on my phone, but I was actually at basketball games pretty much all day long, starting with the Jordan Red Jackets at noon, and then wrapped up my day going to the River Dragons. But you had big-time upsets. Iowa State beats Kansas 79-75. Mississippi State beat Auburn 64-58. to Duke barely gets by Clemson 72-71. to TCU in triple overtime beats Baylor 105-102. to You had Richmond defeat Dayton 69-64. to Texas Tech upsets Oklahoma 85-84. to And really, if you're ranked and you beat a ranked team that's higher than you at home, it's not really an upset. But Houston, let's talk about the Houston Cougars because right now they're 18-2. and two, Probably going to get a number one seed. They beat Kansas State 74-52. to 52. Now, Houston has adjusted nicely going into the Big 12. Tonight, they play the Texas Longhorns. And then next Saturday, Probably going to be the game of all games. This was what Kansas Baylor was a couple of years ago. It's Houston and Kansas. I seriously am so fascinated by this game. I want to take a look at the Big 12 because I do believe that the Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball. And, you know, I I was a little generous talking about the SEC getting eight teams and the ACC going to get nine teams. The Big 12 should be getting at least 10 teams. There's no question in my mind the Big 12 is deserving 
of having at least 10 teams in the NCAA tournament. Right now, Texas Tech is leading the conference with a 5-1 record. You got Iowa State, Houston, both at 5-2. Kansas is 4-3. Has there ever been a time where Kansas didn't win the Big 12? It seems like they win at least the regular season and the tournament just about every year. I think TCU gets in. Kansas State is probably going to be a bubble team. Baylor and BYU, even though they're ranked more than likely bubble teams, Texas and Cincinnati kind of needs help. I think Oklahoma is going to be in the tournament despite their conference record of three and four. And Central Florida, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State, they're going to actually need to go on a run and try to win the Big 12. But I really think that the Big 12 is going to have the most teams represented in the NCAA tournament. At least 10, maybe even 11. Now, Let's go over to the Big Ten. I talked about the ACC. I talked about the SEC. I talked about the Big 12. I mean, these are the powers in college basketball. You always have the Big East as well. You have the Pac-12, which you're going to have a team like Arizona end up going to the Big 12. And the Big 12 is just going to be even better than it is this year. Let's look at the Big Ten because right now, Wisconsin is in first place with an 8-1 record in conference play. Purdue is ranked second. They do have two conference losses, but I still think Purdue wins the Big Ten and gets an overall number one seed. Illinois, they are one of the top teams, and you really only have three ranked teams in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is kind of down this year. Northwestern at 15-5. and five. You got Nebraska at 15-6. and six. The records really aren't that impressive. I think that the Big Ten gets about four or five teams. It's a down year for the Big Ten. You got a team like Michigan State that's 12-8. and eight. I mean, a Tom Izzo-led Michigan State team is 12-8. and eight. Ohio State is 13-7. and seven. And I know that they have lost a lot of conference games. You also got to factor in strength of schedule and RPI. All right, let's go to the Big East. And I'm just looking at the eye test. You have three ranked teams. UConn, Creighton, and Marquette. Obviously, they're all going to get in. Seton Hall has a very impressive resume. I think Seton Hall gets in. St. John might get in. Providence might get in. But the perspective on the Big East teams, which I've been very disappointed with Villanova, and that just tells you how valuable Jay Wright was as a coach. Villanova was starting to build a dynasty. Jay Wright leaves. They haven't necessarily fallen off a cliff, but 11-9? They're not the powerhouse they used to be. I think that the Big East gets four teams. Now let's go over to the Pac-12. There's only one ranked team, and it is the Arizona Wildcats. I do think that Oregon is a good team. They'll get in. Bubble teams would include Colorado and Washington State. But the biggest disappointing team of all time is the USC Trojans. They were the most hyped team going into the preseason they were a preseason number 21. You had the top recruit in the nation, Isaiah Collier, and the chosen one's son, Bronny James. Look, Bronny James, he could be a good player, but he was so overhyped. He's just had a lot of pressure to perform. And, you know, he had that cardiac issue. And right now, it's just a win that he's playing. But you got to remember that all the pressure on him to do well 
and USC is not performing on the court. And I blame it on the coach. They're 8-12. and 12. They have the worst record in the Pac-12 with a 2-7 and seven record. UCLA beat them the other night, and UCLA is down this year, 9-11. They haven't really performed at all. Don't forget, my Bracketology show on Tuesday. And also this week, I'm going to have a special show where I'm going to go on Facebook Live, and I'm going to have a top 10 list. I love doing top 10 lists. I mean, we have our football rankings, our basketball rankings. Well, this is going to be a top 10 list for the top 10 moments in NCAA tournament history in the state of Georgia. You don't want to miss it. I've got some incredible moments. I'll go into the moments in detail and really what it meant for the school, what it meant for the state, putting the program on the map. There hasn't been a lot because Georgia is really not considered a basketball state, even though I think it should be. All right, we're going to go ahead and take another break. And when we come back, I'm going to wrap up the show with my final thoughts and uh, get ready for this upcoming Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. You don't want to go anywhere. It's a sports beat with Richard Holdridge. We'll be right back. This is the show, and we're not going to change it. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location. Bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Final segment of the show before I get you out of here for Braves Country Today with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. I hope that everybody is having a great day. I'm going to have nothing but great shows for the next two weeks leading up to Super Bowl 58. The San Francisco 49ers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in Las Vegas. It is a rematch of Super Bowl 54. That was the famous Super Bowl where Tavarius Moore intercepted Patrick Mahomes in the red zone. And then the 49ers went for that pose. They were up 20-10. to 10. They had the ball with a 10-point lead. There was maybe six minutes left to go in the game. And then the two biggest plays 
that Patrick Mahomes made on that third and 15 with pressure gets the ball to Tyreek Hill. And then that little floater to Sammy Watkins when he burned Richard Sherman. And just to let you know, Williams, the running back, because I just watched this Super Bowl today, his foot was out of bounds. Heartbreaking Super Bowl loss in Super Bowl 54. The 49ers feel that they have unfinished business. And I think the 49ers win this game. They've been here before. They know how to play the Chiefs. I know this is a different Chiefs team than that team four years ago. But it should be a fun, exciting Super Bowl. I can't wait. I don't really care about the whole Taylor Swift factor. She's not performing at halftime. Don't even suggest that. It's going to be Usher. He's not going to invite her on stage. It's going to be Usher. If anybody's going to perform at halftime, it's going to be Usher, Lil John, and Ludacris because it is the 20th anniversary of probably one of the greatest songs ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we all know that song. Now let's talk about the teams that lost in the conference championship. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. You can't blame this on Lamar Jackson. They were down 17-7. to And if the Ravens would have scored a touchdown here to cut it to 17-14, this might have been a Ravens victory because they were playing at home. Patrick Mahomes and that offense hasn't done anything since the first half. And Zay Flowers, you have the first down already but he reaches out to try to get to the goal line and the fumble comes out before he hits the goal line a huge turnover and then uncharacteristic Lamar Jackson throws a pick into triple coverage and the Baltimore Ravens lost this game they were heavy favorites they were playing at home they've been the best team all year and somehow the Kansas City Chiefs find a way to win it and it wasn't because the Chiefs had an incredible game offensively. They had a great couple of first drives, but Baltimore's defense was able to stop Patrick Mahomes. And then when the Ravens were down 17-10 and when it mattered the most, Mahomes threw that bomb to Marquez Valdez-Scantling to ice the game. And the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl four times in the last five years. An incredible accomplishment for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Now to the Detroit Lions, which I feel absolutely heartbroken for Lions fans. Happy that my team won, but sad for Lions fans. They came so close. They were playing in the conference championship for the first time since 1992. This team hasn't won a road playoff game since 1957. And they were up 24-7 on the San Francisco 49ers. When they were up 24-10 to and they were continuing to move the football on the Niners with the ground game, they kick a field goal there to go up 27-10. to That puts a lot of pressure on the Niners to try to get a touchdown. Because you kick a field goal, it's still a two-score game. And history is not on the 49ers' side when it takes them extra possessions to try to come back. Because you knew the 49ers were going to come back. But you've got to kick a field goal in that situation. And you definitely kick a field goal when you're down 27 to 24. You have got to tie the ball game. I know that you want to be aggressive there and try going for the win. But you've got to take the points in that situation. 
And I got the feeling that the Detroit Lions blew this game. The 49ers, once again, survive in advance. They're in the Super Bowl, getting ready to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. They are a slight one-and-a-half point favorite, but never count out Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But the Chiefs have lost a Super Bowl before. And both Super Bowls, they have played very close. They had a double-digit deficit in both Super Bowls. I still think that the 49ers could find a way to win this game because they have been here before four years ago. But it should be absolutely amazing. And the Super Bowl's in Las Vegas this year. I love everything about the Super Bowl. The halftime show, the commercials... It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got two weeks to talk up the Super Bowl. And I kind of feel this matchup has really been the two best teams in the last five years. Kyle Shanahan's 49ers teams have gotten to the conference championship three years in a row. He finally makes it to the Super Bowl four out of the last five years. Kyle Shanahan has had an offense with two different quarterbacks and the 49ers took a chance and got Trey Lance and it didn't work out. But Brock Purdy, I'm so happy for him. Mr. Irrelevant, the last player picked in the NFL draft has taken the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Now I know he's not the focal point in the offense because the 49ers have weapons. They got Christian McCaffrey. They got Debo Samuel. They got Brandon Ayuk. They got George Kittle. But Brock Purdy has been the best quarterback to lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl in this century. And if he wins it, you can put him down as number three behind Joe Montana and Steve Young. That's how much Brock Purdy is going to be forever known as a 49ers quarterback if he can win a Super Bowl. The 49ers have gotten to a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick and Jimmy Garoppolo. But I like what this 49ers team can do, and they match up very well with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, as for the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know how they're doing this. They can't afford any wide receivers. They don't have a number one wide receiver. Last year, they had Juju Smith-Schuster. He was their leading wide receiver. Kadarius Toney has been a liability. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been dropping passes. They've seen some brilliance from Rashid Rice. They ended up re-signing Miko Hardman. But I think that Kansas City is doing what they do is because they are a championship team. And when you have a running back like Isaiah Pacheco and you have Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in football, and you have the brilliant play calling of Andy Reid, and they didn't skip a beat. I thought that they would kind of lose some continuity when Eric Bieniemy left. But Matt Nagy, who's been an NFL coach, takes over, and the Chiefs' offense has struggled. Really, the story for the Kansas City Chiefs this year has been their defense with their defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo. And so this is going to be a very exciting Super Bowl. And I can't believe on February the 11th, that's going to be the final NFL game of this season. we got the UFL coming up on March the 30th. Pitchers and catchers report in a couple of weeks for baseball. We also got the Olympics this year. Later in July, so much stuff 
so many sports to get into, and I am just excited that I have a platform where I can talk sports five days a week on a radio station like WQEE. All right, NBA action. The Atlanta Hawks get a 126-125 to victory over the Toronto Raptors. Sadiq Bey with a go-ahead bucket. Hey, a win is a win. They're 19-27. and They got to get ready for LeBron and the Lakers on Tuesday at State Farm Arena. Let's talk about the Lakers. LeBron, unbelievable what he's doing. That was a show on Saturday night. The Lakers ended up beating the Warriors 145-144 to in double overtime. LeBron had 36 points, 20 rebounds, and 12 assists. He's 39 years old. Are you kidding me? Nobody is playing at this type of level at age 39. Steph Curry had an amazing game, 46 points. I mean, he's not done yet. Even though the Warriors probably going to miss out on the playoffs and the dynasty is over, Steph Curry can still play at a high level. Anyway, the Magic ended up beating the Suns. The Pacers beat the Grizzlies. The Pistons beat the Thunder. The big marquee game tonight is the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Denver Nuggets. Here's the state of the NBA right now. Because in the Eastern Conference, Boston, still with the best record, they have a lot of moving pieces. They're more of an offensive team. A great team at home, 20-2. and two. But chipping off the Williams brothers, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart is now with Memphis. But you get a more offensive guard, Drew Holiday, and an offensive player like Christoph Porzingis. The nucleus is still there with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Derek White. The Boston Celtics look like they could reach the NBA Finals. But when the Bucks faced them head-to-head, the Bucks beat them. And the Bucs now with Doc Rivers, they got something to prove to try to get back and win a championship. Because it would be a complete failure if Doc Rivers does not win a championship in Milwaukee. Right beneath them is Joel Embiid and those Sixers who have lost two straight. And don't look now, but a game back of the Sixers is the New York Knicks. I remember 10, 15 years ago, they were a laughing stock. I remember seeing them in Atlanta in 2006, you know, back in the Isaiah Thomas years when they had like six shooting guards. Yeah, the Knicks look like a much better buttoned-up franchise. Same with Cleveland. Cleveland has won nine out of the last ten. I think the Eastern Conference playoff teams are solid. That first six playoff teams are going to be solid. The question is the play-in teams. I think that Miami... Losing six straight, I think the Terry Rozier trade uh, it might not be working. Orlando is reeling. And really, the Atlanta Hawks are the seventh best team in the Eastern Conference. Right now, they should be right at the playing game playing Orlando and then taking on Milwaukee in the first round of the playoffs. But the Eastern Conference, I like the top six teams. And those playoff games are going to be fun. Now let's go over to the Western Conference because they are just tussling for the top spot in the West. Between OKC, Minnesota, the Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, they are all a half game behind each other. And right now, can a team like Oklahoma City and Minnesota win an NBA championship or at least get to the NBA Finals? 
I actually think there's a potential first-round matchup between the Los Angeles Lakers because the Lakers are going to get into the playing game. They might win that first game and wrap up the number seven seed. They might be playing Minnesota or OKC. Do they match up badly against the Clippers and the Nuggets? Remember, the Lakers met the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. And the Clippers, winners of five straight. It's not just Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It's players like Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Terrence Mann. The Clippers have a pretty good team. And they're 9-4 at home. I mean, they know how to play at Crypto Arena. I'm still a believer in the Sacramento Kings. They are a young team. They exercised demons by reaching the postseason last year. Just couldn't get it done against a more experienced Warriors team and lost a Game 7 at home like they haven't done that before. And then the Phoenix Suns, they are starting to get their groove. They ended up getting Bradley Beal because they wanted to win a championship. But I don't know if this is a championship team. And you never really know what you're going to get with New Orleans. But the good thing is Zion Williamson is healthy. And then Luka and Kyrie, it's actually working in Dallas. And so the playoffs in the Western Conference is going to be a lot of fun too. Some NFL news, the Atlanta Falcons are going to hire Rams quarterbacks coach and run game coordinator Zach Robinson as their new offensive coordinator. It's going to be a good move for the Atlanta Falcons and hopefully they can get a good defensive coordinator. And former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith, is interviewing for the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator position. And the Washington Commanders are finalizing the move to make former offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, Ben Johnson, their new head coach. And finally, the Philadelphia Eagles named Kellen Moore their offensive coordinator. They already hired Vic Vangio as their defensive coordinator. So the pressure on Nick Sirianni to win next year is now. Speaking of winning now... The 49ers have to win the Super Bowl. They're playing the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas on February the 11th. They got to win the Super Bowl. They're out for revenge after that Super Bowl where they blew the 20 to 10 lead. I mean, I continue watching this game and playing this game in my head. And the sigh of relief for this game is that Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill are no longer on the team. And so they can't beat me. But they still have Travis Kelsey. I think they've upgraded their running back. Isaiah Pacheco is a fantastic running back. And the Chiefs defense is a lot better than the defense that the 49ers faced in Super Bowl 54. But Chris Jones is still there for Kansas City, and he gives me nightmares because of those tip passes on Jimmy Garoppolo. But I also feel that Brock Purdy can make plays better than Jimmy Garoppolo could. I also feel the wide receivers receiving core has been upgraded since that last Super Bowl. I think that with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, that is a much better upgrade than Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders. Remember, Debo Samuel was a rookie back in 2019 during that 2020 Super Bowl. But it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Boy, this has been a fun show. 
I would like to thank everybody who tuned in and supported me as I just continue chugging along and getting closer and closer to my 800th episode. I do want to let everybody know if you are a fan of the show and you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts, you will get bonus coverage. I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I have some stuff that I talk about that's extra to the podcast. Well, you're going to be able to have an opportunity to hear that. Thank you for tuning in to the show once again, and I hope everybody has a great rest of your night. Hey, we got two weeks to talk about the Super Bowl. I am excited. So we got Braves Country today with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks coming up next. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet! Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov slash fight flu. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh, right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy. Because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Mm, Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Christman. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Christman. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk, Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin.
The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times best-selling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Calvary Sonoy Fellowship is an expository Bible teaching church where we study the Word of God line by line and we apply it life by life. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on WQEE and we look forward to having you join us. Our church offices are located in Sonoy, Georgia, 6855 Highway 16, Suite 102, Sonoy, Georgia. If you'd like to call us, our number is 770-755-755. 8243. Or you can reach me, I'm Pastor Bob, at bob at calvarysenoy.org. S-E-N-O-I-A. You also can go to our website at www.calvarysenoy.org. You can reach our YouTube channel there, as well as our Facebook page. Join us at 10 o'clock right here on WQEE. You've been listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode daily on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. This is a podcast that covers local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. If you would like to catch a replay of the show, you can download an episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.